Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 13, Comic Relief. Mary, what happened this week? Val and Noah are bringing back theme nights to the pee pad, but comedy night looks like it's going to be a disaster when literally no one is funny. Not even Steve, but he's so much better than everyone else, he gets to open the show. Steve ends up almost bombing, and then uses someone else's jokes to get through his set. But later, Carly tells him he is funny when he's talking about how dumb he is, so I guess that's a happy ending. David and Val pretend to bang very loudly at Casa Walsh to sell their ruse, but Donna and Noah agree that their antics won't break them up. Also, David can't live at the beach house anymore. Also, also, he has a new job at a car wash where he meets Ben. Ben has been thrown out of his parents' house for being gay, and David decides it's his job to fix that. I feel like all of these could have been their own episodes. Yeah, I agree. Like, the fact that we open on Steve and Carly talking on the phone, but it's so they get disrupted by the entirely squeaky bed and Val just going nuts. Mm-hmm. I was like, Val, you have such thin walls. I feel like you don't have to do this much work. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, the fact that we finally address that people can hear everything, you know, we get Steve hearing and then we get Kelly hearing, like... It was kind of comical, but I literally thought the same thing. I was like, you don't have to work that hard. I promise you, like, they would hear it normally. (laughs) Well, then I just love the idea of, like, imagine what they are hearing on the outside, where this bed is squeaking and she won't shut up. (laughs) And then there is a pause. Pause. Long pause. Where nothing is moving and you just hear, like, quiet whispers And then it starts back up again, and now it's louder, and you've got David also going, oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, imagine being on the other side of that where you're like, what's happening right now? What are they doing? Yeah. Like, did they pass out? I don't (laughs) (laughs) – Did they hit their heads? Did the ceiling crash in on them? Should we go check? (laughs) And then, of course, it's like David was just sitting in the chair, almost looking uncomfortable, you know, when we finally get – shown that Val obviously is faking this Mm -hmm. but the second David's like you know annoyed or whatever and Val says well do you want Donna back or not he like hops to and he's like you know what you're right I do have to be committed to this I cannot believe she has sold him on this plan right I cannot and he seems to hate every second of it like he comes Mm -hmm. downstairs where Brandon and Steve are eating breakfast and they stop to applaud him and he's just like, it's not like that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But being themselves, Brandon makes comments about like structural damage. She was like, I didn't get a security deposit, so just don't break my house. Yeah, and they talk about like physical harm to each other, meaning like, you know, they bang so hard they like pop to hip or something, you know, like. <laughs> Brandon, they're not in their 30s like us. Exactly. But – At the same time, Donna comes over for a completely unrelated reason because she needs a model for the biggest photo shoot of her life and she's so desperate she came to her friend Kelly. Which, like, I guess, great, you know, that Kelly had the experience, so it's not like she's literally just going to a friend for no reason. Kelly did model for Seventeen Magazine, so that really worked out. But all of this was just a way, like, she could have done this over the phone, right? Yeah. 
So all of this was just to get Donna and David in the same environment so that Donna can see that David was with Val. And now it's like they can pull off the ruse in front of the people who actually need to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like apparently he didn't come home last night. Apparently he actually stayed at Casa Walsh with Val, I guess. I guess, yeah. Because she even comes in behind him and mm-hmm. is like, oh, he did come home last night. Smooge. Yeah. And Donna's face was, like, kind of hilarious. <laughs> I, d- I can't believe it works. I cannot Same. believe that Val can come up with stuff like this and that it works. I know. She's so good at it. She's so convincing. It's because she, like, commits and she's confident about it, right? So it's like, of course people would believe this. Look at her. She believes in herself. <laughs> she probably really does. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so tired from all the sex I've been having. <laughs> Probably. Oh, my gosh. But then, like, throughout the day, you know, we've got people doing a bunch of stuff. Like Mary said, David starts a job at a car wash where I guess everyone except Ben is incredibly unfriendly. Like, I don't really get why that guy was just like, why are you telling me it's your first day? Just go punch in. That's what I would do. Well, and see, my thought was, oh, David made an assumption about who the, like, boss is or something but it wasn't the boss and so he was going to go into this office and find the boss or something like that like I thought I was thinking like oh he's just being redirected because like David just assumed this guy was the person he was supposed to talk to and he wasn't Mm -hmm. and that didn't happen and David doesn't know what a punch clock looks like for some reason or a time clock sorry to punch in on and he's looking under bean bags it looked like like something like you know like plush something he's looking I, for the time clock under things yeah i think it was a sleeping bag because yeah. then ben oh, comes that's in because right. then right. i was like oh is ben the guy that runs the car wash and he's mm-hmm. also sleeping here are david and him gonna become like buddies because they're both semi-homeless yeah no good point yeah but no i mean I guess we can probably cover all the car wash stuff pretty quickly. Yeah. Since it's separate because it turns out that the like all of these guys at the car wash not only are rude about going and punching in on your time clock, but Ben is gay and they know it and they make a bunch of like comments at him and like smack his butt, bringing up sexual harassment again, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, making comments at David too, to the point where David and Ben talk about it over lunch. And Ben is like, hey, you know, whatever. I'm sorry you're going through that. I don't even care. What I do care about is that my parents kick me out because I'm gay, which is just like kind of such a non sequitur, but okay. Yeah, it is. Because like, you know, his whole point is like, you know, thanks for doing that, but I don't need it. And then, yeah, like, he then throws in, like, it's almost like he's telling David not to get involved, but then he's involving David, right? So, you know, it was a weird way to say that. But, of course, that's such a, a, a unfortunately, a common thing, especially, Lord knows, this was probably one of the most common things to happen to kids, to gay teens, or I don't know how old Ben is, but we can assume he's at least a teenager, um, Mm -hmm. old enough to work. But yeah, and so he tells David that his family doesn't accept him for who he is, and so he's living there now because his parents kicked him out, and like, you can just see the wheels turning in David's mind. And honestly, like, 
I did not expect David to go to the parents' house because David just doesn't strike me as that kind of person. Like, no, he's a person that would be there for you, but he's not Brandon. Brandon would do that. Yeah. I mean, think about the uh, anti-Semitic, yeah, xenophobic band. Uh, Kane was able. Like, right. He didn't do anything about that for weeks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if this is supposed to be character growth or is just like a really unexpected turn from David. Mm. No, that's that's a good point. Like maybe, yeah, maybe that was a way of him saying like, oh, he's not going to stand for this stuff anymore. Like he's realized like, oh, you have to like do something about it. You can't just say you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he goes to the house and Ben's mom is like clearly upset by this she's like oh my god does something happen is he okay and then Ben's dad comes up and through this whole back and forth where his dad just like doesn't even care and David is trying to convince him that they need to do something about this Ben's dad ends the conversation with I don't have a son and just closes the door in David's face yeah awful truly awful yeah and I think that's the last we see of Ben and the car wash this week right yeah yeah, yeah it so is. it's – this is what I mean of, like, I feel like that could have just been an episode. Like, mm-hmm. presumably it's going to continue next week and David will keep the car wash job for more than one week, unlike Khaki Nation. Right. Well, but, and you're right. Like, we could have had this drawn out, too, where they get to know each other a little bit better. Like, we see a little bit more of the behavior at the car wash. Like, you mm-hmm. actually learn about Ben, not just that he's gay, right? Like, you you learn more about him as a person and, and, mm-hmm. and they kind of – they even bond over the fact that they've had some, like, you know, bad living situations lately. Like, there's there's ways for them to get to know each other better without having to focus solely on the fact that Ben's gay, right? Like, yeah. his sexuality should be the least interesting thing about him. Um, yeah, so I agree. They could have made that one whole episode or a, an arc in an episode. Yeah, but instead it's just, like, kind of sprinkled in mm-hmm. throughout all this other stuff where the pee pad has their uh, – open mic comedy club night and all of these people auditioning are just not funny they're either not funny have bad stage presence like aren't good at public speaking i love the one guy that was like burgers and flies that's my joke yeah it's like "Mm." i don't think it was like i get it but no well yeah and like the whole point right it kind of it's the, it's it's a point of the scene, but it's kind of also in the background because Steve comes in asking if he's heard from Val. And of course, because Steve is the biggest gossip on the face of the planet, he's the one that tells Noah about Val and David. I just wonder to some extent if Val is just like, damn it, I wanted to tell him. Seriously. Like, I I think that... I think it works. Like, because you can see yeah. later when, like, Noah and Val are together and, like, Noah brings it up. Val is smug about it, right? And, and that subtle way we talked about last week where it's, like, she waits and holds the face until she knows the other person's not looking. But I think, yeah, part of her wanted to drop it and run away. <laughs> oh, I also wonder, speaking of that, like, the drop and run away really works on some people like it gets mm. donna like no mm. tomorrow so i now i wonder if val is just like ah uh, yes all according to plan as long as steve hears it i know it'll get back to noah that's true that's a good point like you don't have to work as hard right you like yeah. 
what do they say in like that rich man poor man or whatever book where it's like um uh like the way to make money is to have other people make money for you basically you know it's like you like you end up having employees right so like val doesn't need to be the one to go around to make sure everybody knows she can just tell one person and it spreads like a wildfire so what you're saying is val is an amazing manager she knows all about delegation totally i totally think she could be (laughs) i mean she's like literally not here in this moment she's making noah do all of this which is probably how steve ends up getting on stage totally because he ends up saying like you know because he's hearing the comedy stuff and it's not funny and he makes a comment about how he was the funniest guy at the fraternity and Noah's like, how'd you get that? You know, how did people dub you that or whatever? And he was like, easy, you just give him a lot of beer or like whatever he said. Yeah. And so Noah wants him to audition for comedy night, which presumably is tonight. <laughs> yeah. And the auditions are in the middle of the day. They've got like four hours to plan this mm-hmm. because Steve comes to bug Carly during the lunch rush, which makes no sense. Like, I don't understand what this scene was for other than Carly not being there to, like, I guess the idea was that if Carly saw him, she'd be like, it's not funny. You can't do that on stage. I guess. I don't know. Because it's not funny. It's really bad. And I don't understand why everyone, they show everyone laughing at him. Yeah, like – Almost to the point where I was like, is this becoming a horror episode? You know, like maniacal laughing that's like, like you know, they're cursed or something and all they can do is laugh. <laughs> I mean, truly, I was like, did the morning of auditions break all of you? Is this what happened here? Yeah. Because like Val cannot keep herself together. She's like leaning over onto the table and like the servers are not, which obviously why are they even there? Because nothing's happening. But like the servers are like in the, co- in the corner on the stairs, like cackling to each other even the the lighting the spotlight guys are just like it was too much which i also love that yeah all of those people are here in the middle of the day mm-hmm. like is noah just like i need you to work 16 hours a day if i'm gonna be here you're gonna be here and don't worry you will get time and a half and 10 yeah. percent of the profits yeah right <laughs> like he just gives everybody a piece of the profits is he actually just really bad at business why are Probably. these people here why are you letting steve on stage Probably. And yeah, so then like later on at the pee pad, now it's time for the comedy night or whatever. And David and Val continue their acts that like when Val shows up, you know, they hug and or sorry, when David shows up, they like hug and give each other attention. And there is a conversation between Donna and Kelly that we we haven't talked about the photo shoot yet. But Donna is distracted looking at Noah, looking at David and Val, wondering what Noah's thinking. And Kelly's just like, dude, just go talk to him. And she's like, okay, bye. Like, uh, okay. I did love that. And then when she goes to talk to him, he's distracted. Yes. Like, he's still distracted. And so, like, they get a little snippy with each other. Like, it's whatever. And then Donna and David fight about everything that's happened already. So, it's just the, the quadrangle is not doing well. But it's working perfectly for David and Val. I do really think that, like, she is in her head being like, ah, oh, yes, this is all going according to my 48-step plan. We're really already mm-hmm. to step 20, and they don't even know it yet. Exactly. And then on this other side, like, Steve has to do his set, and mm-hmm. Carly – so Carly shows up and asks Nat to watch Zach, which, mm-hmm. considering her mom is now in Arizona or potentially Memphis or Florida, depending mm-hmm. on what part of the trip they're on, 
I think this is probably setting up Carly being like, I can't keep relying on people to just watch Zach in 15-minute increments. Exactly. Same. Like, I have to assume that's the only reason we saw that part. Yeah. But, you know, she comes in. Everybody's watching Steve's set, which is, again, not funny. So he apparently rips off some other comedian and gets a literal ovation. I don't understand the point of this. <laughs> I don't know. And even the new jokes weren't funny. And like yeah. the one about the girl lifting her skirt up during a, a job, interview. job interview. I was like, why do we keep throwing in like weird little sexual harassment references in mm-hmm. an episode where the main storylines are about sexual harassment? I know. Like, I know. Why? I, I don't know. And then of course, like, the next day at the at the Beverly Beat, Brandon is like reading one of the reviews of Steve and apparently they were great. He has raves and Steve, it gets so weird. They did a really good job of making this as awkward as it possibly could be because Steve is like, no, you're not going to report this. And he's like, well, I'm the editor. And Steve's like, well, I'm the publisher and you do what I say. And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, we can't be partial. This is me, like blah, blah, blah. And, like, he walks away, and Terry's just like, well, you know what they say about comics. And it's like, okay, that has nothing to do with it. But thank you, Terry. (laughs) I mean, at least Terry's getting some stuff to do. Agreed. Yeah. Like, I think she had, like, four lines in this episode or something. Mm -hmm. Mostly in the other storyline, so we'll talk about her later. Yes. How, How do you feel about Steve pretty immediately coming clean to Carly about not only this moment, but also the other horrible things he's done. And also that he had a crush on Ellen DeGeneres. I didn't really like that joke, but the yeah. rest of it was funny. Especially given the context of the rest, the other storyline in the episode. Yeah. Ugh, but I think, it, I, I think it's funny. And, and I think it's interesting, but it's whiplash. Because again, yeah. we just keep ping-ponging back and forth between immature Steve, mature Steve, immature Steve, mature Steve bad take Steve, good take Steve, like all that. And so I appreciate that he tells Carly everything about him that's bad, but it's just a device to get him to show her how funny he is. Naturally, I guess. And yeah, I guess, again, Carly doesn't really get to have a purpose other than being Steve's girlfriend because she's just – Like, he says that he stole one of Brandon's term papers, and it was, like, the most monumentally stupid thing. But then he says he has a crush on Ellen DeGeneres, and he thought an escort service was, like, actually for dates. And she's like, ha, 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 no one's that dumb. Do you see my face? I'm laughing at your jokes. Right. Like, Like, I'm going to laugh at your expense. Can we also talk about the fact that he stole from his best friend, and you haven't even unpacked that whole storyline? Mm-hmm. No. It just – Yeah. It's whiplash. It's just the same thing over and over again. I don't care. Yeah. It, it just it makes sense. And you're totally right. Like, they're they're not giving Carly any meaningful scenes anymore. Mm-hmm. And so she's just, like, literally a prop to Steve. Yeah. And then we go back to the pee pad where Val tells Noah that Donna kicked David out again, which is, mm-hmm. like, right when Donna shows up. So I feel like I feel like Val had to know. I don't know how yeah. she would know that Donna was about to show up, but I feel like that's why she revealed this information mm-hmm. and then it's just like, "No, no, you guys 
you know, have your privacy. I have to go help David. Mm-hmm. And then does her, you know, drop it and goodbye. Exactly. And then causes a bunch of drama. Right. But. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, you go first. I was going to say, like, what, well, like, it's. I I do appreciate that it caused Donna to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, which Donna has not been lying. So it's not like she's been withholding information. But I do appreciate it's almost like for herself to be like to be honest to herself because she's like, yeah, I still have feelings for David. I probably always will. But that doesn't stop me from wanting to like move forward and, you know, be with you because I do at least appreciate the fact that she's not trying to say no I don't have feelings for him no I think he's the worst because if nothing else she will always care for him as a person and as a friend so she's never gonna have him like even if she were to end up with somebody else or to be in a long-term relationship relationship with somebody else she's still not gonna be out of David's life like Mm -hmm. they're just connected they're in the same friend group like they have too much history so I do appreciate that honesty I do too which I think is why this is kind of like a, a rough segue, but I think it's why the next thing that I have in my notes bothers me mm-hmm. is because, you know, Noah's response to that is you guys went out for seven years. That's history. Yeah. And like, quote unquote, technically, David and Donna got together at the end of season two, which season two to season seven is close to seven years. Mm-hmm. But no, they broke up like five times. He cheated on her repeatedly. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why this conversation didn't continue into like, yeah, on and off for seven years, in which time we went through all this stuff. So like, yeah, he's a part of my life, but I'm not getting back together with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I just, I feel like they keep wanting to make us think that like Donna and David are OTP and I'm just not into it. Well, of course, like if this were five episodes ago, maybe six episodes now, all four, we were all about Donna and David because like clearly like David had done some work on himself, you know, they were entering into a more mature relationship. But then, of course, at the first sign of something bad, like it all came crumbling down. So it's really hard to be team Donna and David Mm -hmm. at this point. So it's like you can remind us of their history. We know all the history. We're more interested in how they grow in the future, not all the stuff that they went through in the past. Yeah, I just – I don't want the show being like, no, you guys were together for seven years. Like, no, they weren't. Yeah. Don't don't Topanga and Corey me. Don't tell me that Topanga's <laughs> in all the episodes. Yeah. I know she isn't. Yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And then this is also where Noah and Donna kiss. And again, tongue everywhere. Honestly, literally – my notes right after you guys went out for seven years, that's history, is a paragraph about Donna and David's relationship. I stopped paying attention. That's I was hilarious. Like, no. I went on all this, like, they got together in season two, episode 17, and mm. then within, like, ten episodes, David was cheating on her with Nikki while she was in Paris, and she was just okay with it when she got back because Nikki came clean and they pulled a prank on him. But – I also looked on the wiki of the reasons that David and Donna broke up and just putting them all in a list really made me laugh because they break up the first time because she won't sleep with him. Mm-hmm. They break up the second time because he cheated on her with Ariel. The third mm-hmm. one was literally like David got angry. 
Like, that's all the Wikipedia said was David got angry. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even remember what it was. I should have looked at the episode because they also showed episodes of, like, oh. this is their first mm-hmm. relationship, second, third, fourth. They claimed the fourth time they broke up was when Cliff showed up to throw his hat in the ring and Donna, like, oh. dated both of them at the same time. Uh-huh. They called that a full-on breakup in the Wikipedia. Okay. And then the fifth time is David forging her checks. Okay, yeah. So, like, five times in seven years. That's not insignificant. That's almost once a year. Yeah, and some of the times they're together is only for, like, two episodes, and then right. she dates Joe for an entire season. And Ray for, you know, a long time. Like, she's yeah. had two serious boyfriends. I'm telling you, I went on a rant in this. This is like half a page of notes of just like, don't you dare tell me that Donna and David were together for seven years. <laughs> That's funny. I cannot explain why this upset me so much. I mean, I get it. Like, it, it is very much like it feels like revisionist history at this point where it's like they're trying to make it more monumental than it actually is because they know where they want to go with it. You know, mm-hmm. like they're trying to tell us and tell us and tell us and tell us without showing it, you know? Just so then I guess the payoff at the very end is like that much more monumental. So, Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I just – and I think that's also what bothers me is I know Mm. that's how the show ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're trying to like analyze everything that's happening and like what, how, why? (laughs) Constantly, yeah. Didn't even notice this like full-on mouth kiss thing that Donna has going on. Oh, God, it's all I could see. Like – I am, like, distracted by it. Like, I'm, like, literally – because they also give us close-ups. If they didn't give give us close-ups, it probably wouldn't be as distracting. But, like, literally I'm, like, and that's a wide-open mouth. That's another tongue. Like, whose tongue is that? Is that (laughs) Noah's? Is that Don? Like, it is so blatant. And, like, I just – I think part of the reason I find it so distracting and fascinating is because there are so many shows out there to this day, in 2023, 30 years later, that still talk about TV kissing versus real mm-hmm. kissing. And I'm like, no, this is real kissing in 1998 or 7. I think we're still in 7. And yet most shows today, outside of like HBO and, and things like that, still do closed mouth kisses. Or if it's open mouth, it's barely open and there is no tongue. Yeah, it's like a very little peck on the cheek or yes. like, yeah, open mouth and like fully suctioned to each other so you can't even see that there's nothing going on. Exactly. Or the lighting's bad or the camera angle's weird so you can't actually see – like you know they're kissing but you're not seeing what's happening. Like that yeah. baffles me. <laughs> Meanwhile, this show is just like, no, we all just love each other here. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Just- we have platonic tongue ki- kisses. We have everything. It's so weird. Like, imagine that's your job is just to go to work every day and just, like, make out with someone. I mean, I got to be honest. Like, as a young person, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> like, think about it. Like, you could just kiss so many different people. Like, that would kind of be fun. <laughs> Outside of the fact that it's probably really awkward to do it on camera in front of a lot of people. But, I don't know. Sounds fun. <laughs> I mean, apparently Tori Spelling agreed with you. <laughs> That's true. So what do I know? She's the only one that did. Well, I guess anybody she kissed, but. (laughs) (laughs) So many people. Anyway, do we have anything else to say about everyone or should we just get to Emma? Yeah, I think so because like the only other stuff I had to talk about with other people in the scenes still related back to the main plot. So 
Okay. I'm good. Yeah, I have a lot to say about this main plot, and it's probably yeah. not even like the important stuff. But <laughs> Mary, what else happened this week? Kelly encourages Brandon to continue to pursue Emma in the sense that she thinks she'd make a good addition to the Beverly Beats staff. But she feels differently when this pursuit leads Brandon and Emma to having a business-slash-pleasure lunch and botanical garden visit and beach sunset and car kisses, all before Brandon explains to Emma that he has a girlfriend and it's Kelly. Kelly, between doing some more modeling, is way more sure Dr. Monahan is behaving inappropriately with her. With Brandon's encouragement, she confronts him, only to be told she is not adult enough to handle adult conversations in an adult workplace. That scene was the most punchable scene I've ever Dude. seen in my entire life. Seriously. Oh my god. When he's like, you should just go get a job with the preschoolers or whatever. Like, <sighs> oh my god. It's awful. You played Keep Away with Polaroids five minutes ago. Ugh. I hate him. I hate him so I much. I know. He's awful. Ugh. And like, okay. So the first stuff that we see is that Kelly basically can't stop talking about how great she thinks Emma is. Right. She, you know, reads her column. She wants her to keep writing for the paper. She's completely blind to the fact that Brandon gets uncomfortable talking about Emma. Or that and, he's like overly vague and stuff. Yeah. And she just like really wants to meet emma mm -hmm. and i will say like just like before we like go through the rest of it it's like again this is a sign of an established relationship with a solid foundation because kelly clearly very much trusts brandon like she has absolutely no reason to suspect that just because emma is a woman this is gonna cause problems right like this is what trust looks like mm -hmm. but unfortunately it is apparently Completely unfounded, as we see throughout the rest of the episode. Drives me bananas mm -hmm. that, like, mm -hmm. they just want to pile all of this on. Because they're yeah. like, while this is going on in Kelly's life, she thinks she's okay with the doctor, even though he made that really uncomfortable moment with her in the last episode. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she comes in to work and... Kelly has to ask for the afternoon off, because if you remember... She's going to model really quickly for Donna. Mm -hmm. And I guess I don't know anything about photo shoots. I thought it was interesting. She asks for the afternoon off and then doesn't get home until 2.30 in the morning. Like, yeah. how long is that shoot? I know. Seriously, though. But when she comes to see the doctor and ask him for, you know, the half day, he basically cuts her off and – starts telling her that he needs to separate from his wife, but she doesn't want to separate from him. And then he, like, corners her next to the door and then does the reach across her to open the door. And you yep. can see just how uncomfortable Kelly is in this whole moment. Like, he's so incredibly creepy. When he says, like, how he and his wife used to be this close and literally is, like, insanely close to Kelly – and now that there's this, like, horrible distance between them, like, it – I'm telling you, Jenny Garth, like, she's doing great with the storyline because, like, her face acting has always been good. But, like, especially here, like, she's so uncomfortable and she looks like she – like, her skin is crawling. And, like, it's one of those – the way she acts it is the way I feel it. Yes. So when she does it, I'm like, oh, I know exactly – it's yes. the skin crawling feeling. It's not like just, ugh. It's like, 
full shivers because you're just uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then she, you know, gets out of work. She wants to go have lunch with Brandon. But before she gets there, Brandon is meeting with Emma and wants her to write a series of articles. And it feels like very clearly at this point, they have turned Brandon's story from sexual harassment in the workplace by Emma to Brandon's debating cheating on Kelly. Yeah, like very consensual flirting at this point because like Brandon sort of flirts with her at this point, but he kind of keeps redirecting back to the articles at this Mm -hmm. point. But under the guise of keeping things professional in the workplace, if they leave the workplace, that's a different story, right? And so Mm -hmm. whenever Emma mentions lunch and he doesn't say no, me sitting here i'm like dude shut it down like stop stop this like when are you gonna say you have a girlfriend well and you know he talks about wanting her to write a series of articles and she says she's busy like she's giving you an out right here the fact that you're not taking the out and not telling her that you have a girlfriend like does turn this into flirting consensually in both directions correct And then again, has the out where Kelly wants to have lunch with him, but he ends up saying like, no, I'm too busy. I'm probably just going to eat at my desk, if at all, when clearly the answer for that is he's about to go out to lunch with Emma. And when she walks in, he does not introduce her as his girlfriend. He just says, this is Kelly Taylor. Yeah. And then Emma just leaves Mm because like, why would I stay and introduce myself to this random person? I don't know who has no meeting in my life exactly like this is a person that you know not of any significance yeah so he lies to kelly they go their separate ways kelly goes to the photo shoot with donna where she admits that she has not been feeling desirable lately it broke my heart when she said that because like she also said she hasn't felt glamorous and she thinks this, this should help which like i agree i do think because she's like she's had modeling experience and she knows what it feels like to have a mm-hmm. photo shoot in a professional way. Like, I love that she was on board with this for those reasons, but it still just broke my heart because of not only the circumstances surrounding her at the clinic, but then also because, like, I think they're, like, we've talked about building this up to be some sort of rut situation with Brandon or some sort of routine where their relationship isn't as exciting, which they have literally talked about a few episodes ago when they were trying to, like, spice up their sex life. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, she's going to get all glammed up. She's going to get all these photos taken of her. She gets to go home tonight, like feeling good about herself. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Donna has to leave her to go get set up. She's like, hey, there's a phone over there. You do what you want. Kelly yeah. goes to call the Beverly Beat where Terry is like, oh, Brandon's not back from lunch yet. And Kelly's like, oh, I thought he had a lot of work to do. To which Terry, not knowing anything that's going on, is like, oh, yeah, he's the boss. He just puts all that work on me. LOL. Bye. Yeah, like completely innocent from Terry. Yeah. She had no idea. She's just trying to have conversation with Kelly. Yep. And uh, it just – Kelly was – clearly, she stated she was already kind of feeling crappy. Literally, Mm -hmm. the end of the last episode, she said she felt dirty. Like – She's going through it, and then this piles right on top, and it kind of is like the straw that breaks the camel's back, and she's like, crap, like, another thing in my life is going not to my plan right now. 
Yeah. I mean, like, literally up until the photo shoot starts, she keeps trying to call him again and again mm-hmm. and again. And he's never back at the Beverly Beat. And Donna keeps being like, there's no way that right. Brandon would be cheating on you. It makes no sense. You're so beautiful. You're so great. Mm-hmm. We're going to go do this photo shoot. He loves you. Come on. And, Me- like, Donna has no reason. Like, like absolutely. Like, Donna is, like, 100% correct in this based on the information that she has. Yeah. Well, and she's Donna. She's, like, their biggest yeah. fan. She's, like, y'all are going to make it because you want that to happen. Exactly. Exactly. But – the reason that Kelly can't get a hold of Brandon all day is because he spends the day with Emma. Like, he gives her basically everything she asks for because she wants complete freedom to write for the beat and for whoever else she wants. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, well, I need to have a sounding board after hours, so can I call you? And he doesn't say no. And then his mind goes from 85% on business down to 70% on business, down to 50% on business. And, like, he's clearly flirting back, so she takes her opening and gets the rest of his day. Yeah, exactly. Like, I literally was like, Brandon, what are you doing? Like, because, again, it's so out of character. Not that he, not for cheating, like, necessarily, because he's cheated on people with Kelly before. He's but. technically, presumably, cheated on Kelly with Emily Valentine. Right, exactly. So it's like the cheating in and of itself isn't necessarily like what's out of character for Brandon. It's the, I think the, the deliberate, the deliberateness of it. Like with Emily Valentine, you you could. I, I, we still don't actually know what happened yeah. in that hotel, right? So like you could argue that he was emotionally cheating, but. We don't even know if anything happened. He did kiss her, and that's a problem. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's arguments to be made that Brandon did not go into that thinking he was going to cheat, right? He wasn't yeah. intentionally doing anything wrong. Now, with Tracy, he absolutely knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. but it was with Kelly. So my whole point is to say that Kelly is essentially his, like, they're trying to make it into, you know, it's his love of his life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she is the exception to every rule. Yeah. So why is he doing this? Like, why is he showing so blatant disregard for her, their relationship, and her feelings by doing this? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And, like, you see in this next scene with them that, like Mary said, they spent the entire day together. They did, like, five dates in one. And yeah. Emma tries to get him to come in. And he's like, I want to, but I'm not going to. And you're like, okay, Brandon's finally seeing, like, it's more of the Emily Valentine where he may or may not actually be doing anything. He may be cutting it off here. But they kiss. And they, like, kiss. You can tell he's kissing her back. Yes. And, like, like you said, like, Kelly was supposed to be the love of his life. Emily Valentine is his high school love of his life. For Mm -hmm. all intents and purposes – Emma's a random. They can't random. even get her to agree to work at the Beverly Beat. Exactly. And like, like it just cheating is never interesting to me. Like it is no. never an interesting plot point. So to do it to the one couple outside of Donna and David that means the most to the show, 
Why? It's not interesting. They've already had their big storyline. Let them go be domestic and fine for a while. They Kelly literally got shot, you know, 10 episodes ago. Like, we don't need them to have more drama right now. Like, it's okay to just let them be. That's what I mean. I went on a whole rant about this literally right before we got on this call to John, where I was like, cheating is boring to me. Yes. Like, it hate, I hate that it's the default here when, like, think about the other stories that we have. And I started rattling off, like, Noah and all of his money and the boat auction. And, like, just – I was like, bizarre stuff like this is more interesting to me than constantly looking at the cheating. Yeah. Or, like, the next morning, this actually is probably the only interesting part of this where – Brandon makes Kelly breakfast in bed. She was out until 2.30. He didn't, like, couldn't stay up and wait for her. And it's like he's clearly feeling guilty about what he did. And she's feeling suspicious. So she pries and is like, what were you doing? Out chasing a story. What was the story? And he makes up a civil court judge involved in a cult. Like, first of all, I was like, that's triggering. (laughs) Yes. I was like, bro, why would you pick a cult of all things? But – and maybe this would be more comedy than drama, but, like, I think the lie about it and him trying to, like, cover up what he did would be at least a little more interesting. Like, following this whole, like, I made up a story about a civil court judge involved yeah. in a cult, so now I need to go write it. Oh, it turns right. out I'm really good at creative writing. Like, something yeah. like that would be more interesting than just, like, he cheated on her with Emma. Totally. Well, and for, and like for me, like, when – she says, "What was what's the story about?" And he says, "What?" And then she's like, "What was the story about?" To me, that said, she knows. She a hundred percent knows. Yeah, because like, when have they ever not told each other about every single thing? Every time he writes an article, he's like, "Yeah, sweatshop, Steve's dad." Yeah, yeah. Erica. Like Kelly knows all the stories that you write. Yes, and like. She encouraged Emma to be brought on. Like, all the – she was reading her column. Like, all of this stuff. And I just – the guilty breakfast, the quote-unquote mishearing when she said what was the story about, the lie about chasing down a story all day long. Mm-hmm. Like, just everything. I'm like, Kelly is not stupid, so now you're insulting her intelligence and her trust. Like, it's – like we said, it is never interesting. It is never something that should be modeled on television. And there's just so many more things that you could have done to make their story interesting. It already was interesting. It didn't need infidelity. Yeah. I just – I I like the outlandish stuff more. I yes. think it's more fun to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, I'm still watching Riverdale. Like – I just think it's more interesting than the constant cheating. It's just boring to me. I'm over it. And it just – it's like, you know, I hate that all of this is going on in Kelly's home life Mm -hmm. when the next day she goes to work – or I guess this day because he gave her breakfast. She goes to work and since she was out all night, she hasn't taken all the Polaroids from the test shots out of her purse. And Dr. Monaghan, in the creepiest way possible, pulls them all out of her purse Please keep away with them so that he can keep looking at them. And then is like, you're wasting your beauty on a younger, less experienced man. And then he walks away like him. nothing happened. I hate him so much. It's so gross. It's so gross. And how people can't, and not people, but like 
I, well, I guess people in real life like can't understand and can't see how gross that behavior is. It it's so disturbing on so many levels. And I just hate it. Like like and especially for Kelly because she's like she is begging for the pictures back. Mm-hmm. She's demanding them and she feels so uncomfortable and so upset. Like, I cannot imagine being in her situation. I cannot. Like, I don't know what I would do, honestly. Like, I feel like whatever I did or said, it would be all, like, nothing planned out. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It would be reactionary. And so, like, God, I just – I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, and, like – Oh, to make it worse, this this is the part where he's like, come on, you wouldn't have brought these photos in if you didn't want people to look at them, right? And she's like, I didn't. I They were in my purse. Like, they're my property. They're, they're literally in my purse. You went into my property and pulled out my other property. Like, I didn't bring them anywhere. Yeah, and I just, I hate it. And like, hate it. she, you know, I think this is, where they're at the comedy night that yeah. night when she's talking to Donna and it's the whole distracted thing where like Kelly and Donna are trying to talk, but they're distracted by Noah who's distracted by Val, etc. Mm-hmm. But outside of all of that, there's a brief moment where Donna tells Kelly the photographer loved her and wanted her to work on her campaign full time, mm-hmm. which is like actually kind of giving Kelly an out with the Dr. Monaghan stuff. But right. we've talked about how she wants to do things that are substantial And, you know, work at a clinic versus being a model. She also has body image issues that are, you know, always latent in here. Yes. But when Brandon comes to sit with Kelly and she tells him about Dr. Monaghan, this is when Brandon believes her and is like, you need to call him on it. And if he doesn't stop, you need to file a report. Which is what he should have said in the very beginning. And, frankly, he should support her and be like, do you need me to go with you as, like, support? Do you need me to help you? figure out what you want to say right or yeah yeah totally like literally any any of the above right yes. and I mean I'm glad he's finally saying this stuff it's just too little too late for me yeah and then the same night is when Emma shows up and Kelly comes over like Brandon goes to be like hey what are you doing here and she's like oh Steve invited me and then Kelly comes over and she's like oh Kelly Taylor your girlfriend Mm-hmm. And so Emma has now figured out who Kelly is to Brandon and is just like, wow, you really didn't tell me. And I thought at this point she's gone mm-hmm. or like they're really going to separate business and pleasure and she's actually just going to work at the paper. And, you know, I can see that, that to me is more interesting because for all intents and purposes, Emma – is flirty. Mm-hmm. Emma is not a homewrecker. Emma is not a cheater. She didn't know that Brandon was attached to someone because Brandon never, ever once said, I have a significant other. This is Kelly Taylor, my girlfriend. He never said that. He literally, for all Emma knows, Brandon is single. Mm-hmm. So is it still unprofessional to be flirting like that in a workplace? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Should she have done it? No. For those reasons. Yeah. But she had no idea that there were actually other reasons that she shouldn't be doing this. So Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at Emma. I'm mad at Brandon. 
<laughs> like truly and, and like i can be mad at emma for flirting with somebody like your boss in a workplace absolutely like i can be mad at that but in the scenario when it comes to the cheating and the infidelity i am mad at brandon brandon is the bad guy not emma yes absolutely emma kind of like takes on the bad guy role later but at this yeah. point where she's like oh you have a girlfriend and it seems very clear that she's gonna stop or even yes. the next day when Steve won't let Brandon run that review, which means they have all this open space, and Mm -hmm. Emma basically comes in and saves the day. She's like, oh, here's my article. It's perfect. Just run it. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And Brandon's like, I'm surprised you're here, but she says, I can separate business and pleasure. Yeah. She tells me, we've got a working relationship now. Right. And then Kelly goes to see Dr. Monahan, and from the first second, I hate it, because he does the how are we today, Kelly – like, it just sounds belittling. And, yes. like, we are good. I am good. So you should be good. Like, right. it's. It's gross. I hate, I just hate the how are we today. Like, it sounds demeaning. It does. It's very, like, condescending. Yeah. But, like, Kelly wrote this amazing speech that she gives perfectly where she's like, I don't respect you as a person. I don't like your behavior. Like, all this stuff. She brought the receipts, et cetera, et cetera. And I was so happy for her for about half a millisecond. Right? And what Kelly says, like, everything about it was perfect. Because she says, like, your work is good, but you as a person are horrible and I don't respect you at all. And she says she doesn't want any comments, no matter how subtle you think they are. None at all. I don't want and on top of that because not only was it like it was the touching and it was the comments to her about her but it was also the fact that he was bringing in information about his personal life she was like I don't want to know any about anything about it it's unprofessional and I am uncomfortable she was specific deliberate and forceful and the the courage and the bravery that it takes to not only have those thoughts put together like that but then to be able to deliver them with such like firmness it was incredible and so i want to take a second before we go into the absolute trash that happens right after to just like if she were a real person like oh my god like my idol right like Like, i don't think like there's enough words positive words to be said about that delivery and and the constitution it takes to be able to do that so i want to take a second to appreciate it truly it was amazing like i really didn't write much down because it was just so good and i was in my own head being like i would be stress sweating i would be shaking my voice would be wavering and she is just like doing it Mm -hmm. like yeah talk about like steve got a standing ovation for stealing jokes no i feel like the nurses should just like burst into this room and be like yeah you tell him like exactly she just deserves it but no instead he lashes out at her mm-hmm. is like oh do you have a problem working with men and then tells her to go work with children because she is one yeah like it's and, and unfortunately it's ex- it's exactly as you would expect it to go right like it's it's an immediate retaliation, it's immediate anger, and mm-hmm. it's an immediate flipping of the blame. Mm-hmm. And I am terrified for her 
just as I would be if this were happening in real life, which I know it does all the time, unfortunately. And I'm afraid of her career opportunities. I'm afraid I'm afraid for her legally. I'm afraid for her physically. There, there are so many reasons to be scared. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. And like, yeah, because they have all of this opportunity. You know, we talked about how it was kind of really interesting to have this storyline where she's jumping around jobs at the foundation to get to try what she wants, that it's like opening up new stories. But now I'm seeing the flip side of that where maybe the foundation is going to be like, we don't have anywhere else for you to go right now. Or like you just got here. You have to finish your rotation and she can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then on the other part of my mind, like, I remember that, you know, she has this modeling job opportunity. Like, okay, she could quit the foundation just to get away and go do the modeling. But that night, she tells Brandon, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to take it because I don't want to make money off of my body and my looks. Yes. And, and God, like, again, Kelly just having the insight and, and knowing herself too, I think is so undervalued. Like, I don't know that I could feel so confident to know each way how I feel, right? To Mm -hmm. know that I need to stand up for myself and then go do it. And then on the other side, to know that this job is toxic for me and I can't do it for me, for my mental health, for my well-being. Like, it, it is, that's why sometimes I'm like, man, the writers really did get it. They understood it. They knew the assignment and they were so far beyond where people were at this time right like and then other times we get bullshit that we've talked about before but like (laughs) just this 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 maturity and groundedness that they the writers give kelly in this moment it's perfection is what it is and it's like yeah she's dealing with all of this stuff at work and there's even this bit of her that is really uncomfortable with Brandon and like maybe not trusting what he's doing but at the same time like she is so mature in the sense of like standing up to Dr. Monaghan and like you said not taking a job that's so toxic and I just I feel so terrible and I think the writers did this amazingly where she comes home and she's proud of herself she's made good choices for herself today she's reading an article about this person that she respects next to the man that she loves and they're talking about all of this stuff and it turns out Emma's article is a probably not so tongue-in-cheek reference to her true life where Mm -hmm. this girl has decided she's not going to give up on a guy even though he's got a girlfriend and like Kelly just doesn't get to see it because that's what they wanted out of this Oh, totally. Because, like, Brandon brings up the counterpoint. Mm-hmm. And Kelly's like, I don't know. I kind of appreciate, like, a person going for what they want. And then Brandon being like, what? Like, you know, kind of being like, well, what about this? Blah, blah. And she's like, well, how did you know that it was right for us? Not knowing that's exactly what, you know, this was referring to. And he's just like, I don't know. I just know. And then she goes, well, there's your answer. And then it's like, immediate, it's so like- simple. <laughs> And you would think that he'd be like, yeah, that is my answer. But mm-hmm. the phone rings and it's Emma and he doesn't hang up. And I'm just like, oh, every time yeah. he's like, hello. And she's like, oh, Kelly's there where I want to be. 
And he says hello again just so she'll keep talking. I'm like, Brandon, hang up the phone. What did you literally just say to Kelly? Right. Hang up the hang up the phone. Shut it down. Stop it. It was making me so frustrated. I know. And I'm not interested in that part. I'm not either. And then Kelly's just like, oh, crank call. Brandon, just hang up the phone. Be with your yes. girlfriend. Yes. Or, I don't know, try this on for size. Be honest with her about what's happening. Yeah. Tell her that Emma is coming on to him. Oh, that article? Emma wrote it? Emma's the girl. I'm yeah. the boyfriend. Right. You are just- the other girl. <laughs> like, be honest. How we learn nothing from the David and Donna situation. How we learn nothing from all the countless times that people are not honest with each other. No, we haven't learned a single thing. It's We get this amazing growth, this amazing maturity from Kelly, and like you said, just a bunch of the same nonsense over and over again, sometimes even in the same scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just, oh, it made me so mad. And I mm-hmm. cannot believe that that is how this episode ended. I know. It's wild. I just... I did. I have no words. I hate Dr. Monaghan. I hate Emma. I hate... Steve's jokes. Yep. I hate what they do to Carly. Yep. I just, I want to like it and I can't, not this one. I know. I know. <sighs> All right. Do you have anything else to say or should we go ahead and start guessing some quotes if you have one? Yeah. Let me double check on how many things I wrote down and if there's one in particular that I actually liked because mm, there wasn't a lot, I'll admit. I think all of my quotes are just like angry quotes. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I think I'm very similar. Yeah, okay. So I don't really have I don't have one that I wrote down that I mean seriously because I think legitimately my quote of the week is Kelly's speech to Dr. Monahan. It has to be. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. Yeah, because, like, literally other than that, I have the stuff of, like, I didn't think he had it in him. Somehow I knew Valerie did. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I had nothing. I was grasping at straws. (laughs) What about you, Mary? Um, yeah, I have, like, three quotes. They're all very short. Um, one is the redhead comedy audition when she says, cats just, like, lie there. Um, and then Kelly about Emma. She seems so nice. Cause I just love irony. And um Carly talking to Steve when he's confessing about how he cheated at comedy and also at college. And she's like, I can't believe you did this. LOL. <laughs> I'm laughing. All right. What about a moment of the week? Um, okay. So the first one I wrote down, this is an honorable mention and it is Valerie's laughing performance during Steve's audition. (laughs) Um, but really it is a hundred percent Kelly and the way that she handled herself in that confrontation, because give me some of that energy, please. And thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like girl should teach a class. Yeah. Agree. I would use it all the time. What, dare I ask, is next week's episode called? Guys, I didn't realize it, but we are in December of air dates. So next week we have season eight, episode 14, 
Santa knows. <laughs> no. Yeah. I didn't realize we were that close to Christmas. <laughs> okay. I love a Christmas episode. Oh, Lord. The only way I will accept a Christmas episode is if the Brandon, Emma, Kelly thing turns into Love Actually with Alan Rickman. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I Craig Vanny Ashley. <laughs> Yeah, no, I want Kelly to get her Joni Mitchell CD. Yeah, I, and she strikes me as the type that would, so. <laughs> yeah, oh she God. she like it until she realized it's not the gift she saw. Yes, exactly. Which is going to be like a book of romantic poetry or something like that. And then it's like a Joni Mitchell CD she already has. <laughs> That's the only way I will accept it. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out what everyone gets for Christmas next week. Does that mean there's going to be Christmas parties? Are we going to have to go to like, does the Beverly Beat going to throw a Christmas party for the three of them? I hope so. <laughs> I'm begging. <laughs> I'm begging because that gets potentially Emma and Kelly in the same room and I need it. Yep. Which is where we could have the Joni Mitchell CD. True. And you know the rest of the gang is going to show up because everyone's invited to everything. Yeah. Everyone goes to every party and they just expense it all. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens at Christmas next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at back to Podcast. You can also shoot us over an email with any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All of that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community. And that gives us the opportunity to give you a better product. And if you write us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm just going to ignore that my boyfriend told me he ripped off his best friend's term paper. I've got to go eat a guilty breakfast in bed full of Belgian waffles because they're my favorite. I got to go figure out how much of my lunch will be business versus pleasure. Bye. Bye. See ya.